righty, this is exciting. I'm sitting down with the director of the film. We have officially changed the name from Molly's Gay Awakening to Rainbow Day. We have some fun changes that have happened and we are so busy right now with casting. We're so grateful to have on board someone that is not only part of the DGA in Los Angeles, but has an Emmy for producing. We have an entertainment lawyer. We have a really great resource here in Chicago with the Chicago Media Angels that we're so excited to be working with. We also have a award-winning cinematographer on board that we are planning some shots with. We want to go over transitions as well as some pretty exciting changes that we want to see on camera for this film. What else can we share about updates? I am sitting down, like I said, with the director of the film. Originally, I was going to be co-directing and taking a side to play Skylar, the mysterious bartender that is very artistic. I wrote the film, of course, and I was going to help direct. But now it looks like we have shifted things because... The director wants me to play a different role, which she will tell you more about. So this is going to be fun. We're going to we're going to hear from Dina Altamore and she's going to share with us a little bit about her gay awakening, her rainbow day, what it was like for her growing up and what led her to this wonderful path of filmmaking. And we're going to have some fun. We're going to have some fun, guys. I mean, (laughs) of course. So thank you, Dina, for being here and working on this project with me. It's my pleasure. Things have shifted a bit, but I think it's all good things and what is best for the film. Tell me uh, while I have you here. (laughs) (laughs) I literally wrote the script to play Skylar, And I was picturing someone else to play Molly. What made you think of me for Molly? When we were just working on the film, the more time we spent together, I just looked up at you one day and I was like, you should play Molly. (laughs) (laughs) And I think I I scared you. Probably. Yeah. And then we had an audition, because I know you had someone in mind, that you had written, you know, this person with the idea of them potentially playing the role. And so I said, okay, I, of course, wanted to oblige. And so we watched it. And it was great, but I still was interested in seeing an audition from you. So I kind of tricked you <laughs> into auditioning for the role um, I, because I wanted to see what you had in mind. Mm. And when I saw your audition, there were these moments that I was like, yes, that's what I'm talking about. This is what I'm looking for. And, uh, and so I just, I just went with that. And, you know, I can be a little relentless, especially if I know this is what I want. <laughs> it's all for, the, for what's best for the film. And I think that you can and do embody an element of Molly that I wasn't even expecting. So I'm excited to explore that. What's that element? I guess you'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, then. I think the, the depth of Molly, how it shifted, because I, I do think how you wrote it before we've had some rewrites on the script and before I could see the person that you had in mind fitting this role better but Mm. since the script has shifted Mm. and my perception of Molly has changed I just think that you'll do a good job I think you'll do a really good job and I'm excited to bring that to life and I know that you were and still maybe are a bit hesitant about it or you were at least I hope that you're not anymore I liked what you mentioned about her being kind of like a hero character and I know you were watching the Patty Jenkins one shot mm-hmm. with Wonder Woman and then we made the rewrite and added a few scenes and I think it does make the role a little bit more alluring and we have yet to officially cast her supporting roles and so I think once we find like a really amazing Sam I'm going to be so excited to play Molly if that's the case. But for now, it feels a little greedy to write the film and then to be the star actor. Well, I mean, you may say it's greedy, but you know, the film came from you. There's elements of you in the film, you know, so I think that it's it's not greedy. It's not even what you wanted. You know? Yeah. I know what you wanted. It was <laughs> different than what I wanted. Yeah. 
And, you know, and I think you would have played a great Skylar, but I think that the depth of Molly and how that's changed, I think, would be more challenging for, for you as an actor and for me as a director, yeah. you know, uh, to tap into the potential there. And especially now seeing Molly as the hero of her own story, you know, I just think that that's very interesting. Yeah, it's definitely cool. I didn't uh, perceive it that way, but it makes me more excited to potentially play her. I already basically, I mean, I told you, I'm like, I'm not going to force you into doing it, you know, but it is really much, very much what I want. Yeah. Um, and very much what I see. So. Well, next week we are doing a screen test with Ryan, the male romantic lead, and we'll see how that on-screen chemistry goes. And um, then from there, you know, I might be more excited to play Molly. So we'll see. But um, we did send uh, a well-written email to both the agent of Kristen Stewart and Rebel Wilson. Mm -hmm. We are hoping Rebel will consider playing the fairy gay mother in our film. And we would love for Kristen Stewart to play Skylar, the role that I was originally going to play. Um, I just think she's such a cool, badass role. Like, everyone looks up to her. She's mysterious, but, like, alluring and, like, super artistic. Yeah, and she is a cool role. However, I think that the, uh, you know, transformation in Molly is even cooler because... You know, Skylar didn't get to where she was. We just yeah. didn't see it. In I, here... Yeah, I literally, and I know I've said this before, but I'm picturing Molly and Skylar as the same person. Just Skylar is later in life. Like, she's figured her stuff out, and Molly hasn't. And that's it. That's the difference. Because, to be honest, guys, the script is my life, and... <laughs> it's just I knew it. <laughs> the earlier version of me versus like how cool I wish I was I guess <laughs> but I don't know I mean of course it's inspired by life um it's not my exact life I'm Jewish not Catholic um the lead character is Catholic <laughs> but yeah there's there's elements that definitely are from my life and I feel like I relate to Nora Ephron in that way, where she said everything is copy, or her mom used to say that, right? Because her parents were writers. And it inspired this idea where you write things that happen in your life into movies and scripts, and that's kind of how you deal and cope with the craziness that happens in your life. You're like, I'm going to, you know, somehow one day have, have something to do with this. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this horrible event something I talk about or you know it just sometimes I feel like we go through things to share it with others and I literally like have tried to put in so many of those moments of my life into the script where it's like there's no other explanation of why this happened to me other than to share it with you and hopefully you know it'll I don't know make someone's life a little easier or get yeah. to learn something but yeah. um I tried to make Skylar like this really wise person that just shined like this light on Molly that everything's going to be okay. Like always go for the authentic choice, go for your intuition, go for, you know, what your heart wants and your gut. And there's no really right or wrong way to be you, just be you. So yeah, talking about the story wanting it to be relatable to the majority of the audience. Yes, I would like you to share your gay awakening with us, but also on another level, I feel like just you finding your authentic self and all of the transitions you went through, do you feel like your authentic self right now? Let's start with that question. Uh, yeah, I do. I feel the most authentic version of myself that I've ever felt in my life in this moment. What do you think has got you to this moment or what has made you feel that authenticity? Well, I think when you're really truly listening to what it is that you're supposed to be doing in this world and you are aligned with your purpose, with your values, you know, you have integrity in what you do, I think um, that's authenticity. Um, 
you know, and I think a lot of time, you know, uh, some soul searching for sure. I've done a lot of work on myself. You know, and I look back at the girl that I was previous to starting that journey, and I was a completely different person. Very much like in the story, like, you know, Molly to, to a Skyler kind of thing. And I always admired people who were themselves, but I was always so afraid to really be myself. You know, I wasn't given the support you know, as a child to really, truly just be okay with being me. And then you, you put on society's standards, the boxes they want to put you in, and suddenly you find yourself lost. You know, and I found myself lost for a long time. And coming out of that, you know, was one of the hardest things I ever did, but being on the other side of it, is amazing you know and you know I, I would always felt like I there was a glass ceiling and I could never quite get through it right to that that me that I, I always felt like I, I, I aspired to be I could be and that glass ceiling is gone today and that's a really cool feeling and you know and that's not just like you know it wasn't just like poof you know things don't happen like that you know uh, it was through a series of events that happen in our lives that get us to unfold as long as we're willing to go there what were those little moments of intuition like for you? Did you feel something in your stomach? Was there a voice? Do you remember what it was saying? Do you remember a particular moment in your life where you felt you had to go a different direction to follow your truth? Yeah, I think I've had a few significant moments like that in my life. One of them was when I was discovering my sexuality. I realized that I wasn't really, even though I had had like, you know, a, a couple boyfriends in high school, you know, I wasn't attracted to them. I didn't really want to do anything with them. Um, it was more so just because it was like status quo. This is what you should do, right? And I saw these two girls in school hold hands. And I lived in a small town. That was like a big no-no. Like, and even at that time, I think I was, it was probably 2002. Because I think it was like a sophomore in high school or something. Mm -hmm. Maybe 2003. And um, I remember seeing that and being like, oh my god. And I was afraid of it mm. because it was true. Mm. And so I remember having this like judgment about it. Mm. And one of my gym teachers was allegedly gay and I remember being afraid. I was like a bit homophobic mm. because I was gay myself and I didn't know that. And so, you know, right out of high school, it started becoming more and more evident that this is how and who I am. And I've always went against the grain of my family. They know that. They just leave me be now. But it started becoming, it was like, you know, like it was coming up. It was in my chest. And then I felt it in my throat. And it was like, right, I was so afraid to say it mm. out loud to somebody. You know, most of the reason was because, you know, my, most of my friends were straight women. And I, I was so afraid that they were going to think that I liked them because they were gay. Mm. And they wouldn't want to be my friend. And then I wouldn't have any friends. That is a typical thought of theirs is, if you're gay, you like all the women. Which yeah. is just silly. Yeah, I mean, it's it's totally, it really is, you know, and I think it's kind of a, a funny thing, you know, because I remember one time, this is just like a funny aside, right? My uncle, we were in San Francisco, and he's like, I don't want these gay guys hitting on me, and I looked at him, and I said, they are not going to hit on you, honey. Like, these men take very good care of themselves. When was the last time you saw the gym? Like, That's hilarious. You know, and it, and it yeah. was like one of these things where he's like, he's just afraid. Yeah. And I had to say that, and I was 22. Yeah, yeah I was young. Didn't you tell me you have a friend that was offended that you didn't like her yeah <laughs> I got a couple friends actually which is funny. funny yeah I had a friend who was like well, you never liked me <laughs> and I was like and, I, and of course I fire off no right away and I'm like well one time you know I kind of like thought you were kind of cute but like you know there's no way you know it's like hilarious. but I grew up with a lot of women and yeah. strong women at that you know so mm -hmm. it was you know I looked at them as sisters mm -hmm. you know and um so at so, what age did you actually come out? I think I came out I came out at 18, right out of high school. Did you know at 18? Did you mm -hmm. did you come out when you knew or was there a delay? Oh, there was a delay um, for sure. I remember there was this like one girl that I kind of liked and really she was the only girl around who was also into girls. So ah. <laughs> it was like slim pickings. Okay. Um, but I was like I remember kind of having like like liking her and I remember telling my friend, uh, I think I came out well, it was at um 
I told her and I said, I, I like somebody I can't tell you. And she said, oh, why? well, she got offended. She's like, why not? And I was like, it's a girl, you know, and it just kind of like fell out of my mouth. And I was so afraid of what she was going to say. Terrifying. It's yeah. so scary. It and is. I forget how scary it was because yeah. it's, it's been a long time since I've had to go through that. Because you don't know if they're going to judge you, mm-hmm. especially if you're someone that judges yourself, mm-hmm. you know, or other people, you know. It, sometimes we're our hardest critics, right? So we're, we're terrified, especially to share with people that we feel love from, that that'll be taken away. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was kind of a scary thing for sure, you know. And I didn't get to really come out to my mom because she just, this girl that I was hanging out with at the time, she, we just kind of fell asleep on the futon together, but not like kind of cuddling a little bit. That's something I do with my friends, so... My mom was a little uh, abrupt to judge and be like, I don't want that in my house. Wow. Yeah. So that's the and first thing. And I don't want that around your brother. You ever heard? Mm hmm. Solid. Yeah. So that was, that was rough. I mean, you know, and for a long time, her and my grandma just thought it was a phase. Mm. You know, and if flash forward like seven years later, I'm 25. I'm, you know, getting out of a relationship where I was living with this girl. We were talking about maybe getting married. She had a son who I had taken on as my own at the time and was ready for that responsibility until I realized I this is just not going to work this is not what I want and I was young and it taught me a lot and I was lost myself and um and yeah and they, they told me it was a phase again and I said you know maybe it's a phase for you you know and and maybe maybe you know like oh you just haven't met the right guy and I said you know what maybe you haven't met the right woman mm-hmm. and and I told both of them separately, and I meant it from the bottom of my heart. I said, I love you, but you do not need to be an active part of my life. I'm not choosing this to make my life harder. This is how I am. Mm-hmm. They cannot change it. And, you know, and I'm happy to say they both shaped up. They both shaped up, <laughs> and they're very supportive now. Your grandma's cool. She's, yeah. she's hip. Eh. <laughs> I don't want it to go to her head, she's though. She's funny. <laughs> she's a good one she's a very talented artist I think you might have gotten some from her yeah no and definitely. um you have family in film a little bit yeah yeah a little bit yeah your grandpa yeah my grandfather he always wanted to be you know an actor and he did act and um you know, he did some things, but he had, they had so many kids, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, you gotta provide, Yeah. you know, and, um, yeah, and his father was, you know, like a, a musician, and, and then, you know, my grandma's father was a, was an artist. Did your grandpa know that you came out? Was oh, yeah. He around? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he knew. How did he take it? He took it well, and if he ever had a problem with it, I never knew. Mm. That man's love never wavered for me. Love that. Yeah, he was... The epitome of unconditional love. Love that. I'm glad you had that. I'm sorry. It's okay. I just love him a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's special. Yeah, definitely. He would be very proud of where I met today. So he was actually the only person in my family who ever believed in me when I was twenty. You know, I'm I'm thirty six now, so you know, it was a long time coming. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. So talking about other transitions and living more authentically, Mm. there are personal life transitions we go through, and there are work transitions, right? Mm -hmm. Coming into what we're supposed to be doing, following our path, Mm -hmm. difference between job and career and passion. Mm -hmm. So you've had quite a journey Mm work-wise. What have those transitions been like? I know you were working on the more corporate side of the industry but you have also been feeding your passion working very hard in the service industry what would you like to share about these transitions and coming into your authentic path yeah I mean I think that there's there is um I always thought I was wasting my time working in restaurants And, um, you know, when I finally, finally, finally went to film school, 
Um, and I should back up there uh, for a second because before I even went to film school, uh, I stopped drinking. And that was a huge change in my life. In fact, I remember getting, right before I moved home from Arizona, I remember finding this fortune cookie that says, like, a positive change in your life will benefit you tremendously. And I took a picture of it because I wanted to remember it. And boy, was that true. I could have never guessed the amount my life would change. And so that was a huge, uh, you know, a huge part in me learning who I truly was. Um, Before that, I didn't know. I was a shell of a human being. I didn't know my favorite color. I didn't know I was like, am I even gay? I don't know. I don't know anything about myself when I when I stopped drinking. And so I, you know, I, I went and, you know, I got, you know, I, I did a lot of therapy. I did a lot of, um, you know, um, recovery stuff. And, and, and I found out who I was. You know, I found out like there's a person in there. Wow. Okay. I forgot about you. And, you know, and I learned through that process, too, about a year in that I had had so much shame about being gay. And that was part of what fueled my drinking, mm-hmm. you know, all the shame around it. I didn't and I didn't even know I had that because I wasn't allowing myself to feel. And that was a huge turning point for me in living my life authentically, because how I think is like I didn't I didn't get, uh, you know, I didn't get sober to be miserable. I've already been miserable in my life. So I have used that as a barometer to steer me in the direction of living truly and living authentically because I had felt that I had wasted so much time. And so, you know, about two years after, after uh, you know, giving, up, giving that up and being free of all of that, um, the whisper of film never went away. You know, I'd, I'd want to be a filmmaker since I was a, a child, and so I said, okay, fine. I made a bet with my buddy. I said, all right, you, he wanted to take a, a, a music class and I wanted to take a film class. Well, he took a music class and I guess I forgot that we made a bet or like a, a pact. And later he tells me, he's like, yeah, I was mad at you. He's like, here I am, I'm going to this music class and it's like, I'm on the bus and this and that. And he got angry at me. And he's like, and I said, okay, okay, I'll take the class. And thank God he said that to me because I don't think I would have taken the class. I took the film class and there was in the middle of this one obscure film that is totally not my style, I decided I'm going to go to film school. And so I made that decision and I went. What was it about that film? So the film was called Mothlight by Stan Brakich. And um, it's basically like pieces of moth that are in the cellophane of like a film strip. And all you hear is the projector, and all you see is this random, you know, pieces of moth that are being reflected on screen. And it was the most odd thing, and I don't kill bugs, like, it's just something I do, I don't really like to do that, it's not my thing, like, you know, everyone can do what they want, I just don't like to do it. And so I'm appalled at this film, but then I realize that I'm being judgmental. And so I put it on the side, and I said, just watch the film. And something happened to me in that film where I realized, holy cow, you can do anything with this medium. And I decided in that instant that I would go to film school. So I don't know if that answers your question or not. (laughs) Was it an avant-garde film? Yeah, it was an avant-garde film. Mm -hmm. And you met someone potentially related to Mr. Brackett. I did. My my, my business partner, uh, Nate Brav McCabe, McCabe. <laughs> Something <kind of> weird. <laughs> he that is actually his godfather and he's my now business partner but at the time we were just in a documentary class and we had just started reading about Stan Brackage and I got so excited because I had knew this one film and he um yeah and he and he he's like that's my godfather and I was like what no way and flash forward we've made several films together uh, he's going to be the one shooting Rainbow Day, um, and I couldn't be happier for that. And, um, yeah, I tell him, I'm like, one of these days we have to shoot our, the stand doc, which, Nate, if you're listening, we still got to get on that shit as soon as this film's done. We got to do it. So. Love that. Yeah. I think it's really special that you guys work together and found each other. I think you work really well together, and you're both very talented. And having, like, a good partner in film means the world of a difference. Mm. 
yeah. it takes a village. Yeah, that it does. It does take a village. So. so tell me a little bit about how you came on board to work the David Wolf shows. Uh, the Dick Wolf. Dick, Dick Wolf? Dick Wolf. You just wanted me to say Dick. I did not just want you to say Dick. <laughs> Trust me, I don't even want to say Dick. <laughs> well then. The show just got more exciting. Richard. <laughs> That's probably his actual name. Is David? No, Richard. Oh. Because then you call let's the nickname call him is Richard, Dick. Then. Well, I don't know. How is that a nickname? Miss, let's call him Mr. Wolf. Mr. Wolf. Or the Chicago shows. The we don't Chicago have to say shows. that word. It doesn't have to come out of our mouth or be on the podcast. This is staying in. <laughs> this, is, this is podcast gold. Podcast gold. <laughs> so how did you how did you come on to working for that show and how did you come mm. on to leaving okay. those shows? Yeah, so I came on to uh, those shows. I waited on a producer randomly at the steakhouse I was working at at the time. And um, she said, what do you, uh, are you a student? I said, yeah. And she said, what are you studying? I said, film. And she's like, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I think I want to produce. And she's, and the guy that she was with was just an actor. And I didn't know because I didn't watch the show. (laughs) So I had no idea. Like, not really. You know, I knew he was an actor. But, like, I I waited on a million actors. You know, it doesn't really matter to me. Um, and, uh, so anyway, I got invited to set and then, you know, I got to, she's like, do you want to work here? And gave my, um, yeah, I just, I ended up getting a job through that, through, through her and, um, and through the people that she'd introduced me to. And so I was working in the clearance department, which is like the boogeyman, you know, like people like, Ooh, can we get this cleared? Can we get this cleared? And it's like, it's really not that bad. It's just a ton of work and it's like kind of tedious, but like, I'm glad that I know. I'm glad that I know how to do that because it will just help with the film. And like when I shoot, I'm like, no, we can't have that label or we can't have this. Or if we need to find it, I'll know how to do that. Um, or tell somebody else, you know, like, you know, delegate that mm-hmm. to have someone else help with that. For people that don't know what the, what the clearing department does, like what kind of labels and things would you have to clear? So it could be anything from like a brand. You have any brand that you see that you shoot, um, you, you have to get that cleared or you can't show the label. Um, you know, for any person who is not a, uh, you know, like you need to have, people have the right to their likeness. So like you can't just use any random picture of anybody. You would need a clearance uh, agreement, not only from the person who's in it, but from the person who took the photo because they own the copyright of the photo. Did a different department have to like basically charge money or basically what is it called when you make money? from putting oh product placement thank you product placement product placement is not is a little different from what our department did Mm -hmm. um you know i think that's more of like you know some of the producers or some of the you know a different department kind of dealing with that Mm -hmm. um this was to just see if we could get it without any money sure just like the rights Mm -hmm. right yeah and now i heard that like even people that get tattoos Mm-hmm. They need to yeah. clear it with the artist. It has to be cleared with the artist. Graffiti has to be cleared with the artist. Mm-hmm. Um, we would have to go, and I would have to find these random people through social media to yeah. try to be like, hey, who did this one? Yeah. And can you give me their contact information so we can try and get it cleared? Otherwise, they either can't shoot there or the art department needs to put up some sort of artwork to cover it up. I just think the tattoo thing is crazy because it's, it's art on your body that you have to clear through someone else and you'd think that just clearing it yourself would be enough, but no. No, because that, but that's how art works. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, you, you wrote the script, you own the copyright to the script. You know, I mean, now you can sell that copyright, that's different, you know, but, um, you know, it just, it's there to protect artists and, and, yeah. and, 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 you know, artwork. Yeah. Oh, I think that's great. Yeah. And so... How was working for the clearance department, and then why did you decide to leave? Well, it was a good learning experience of what I didn't want. You know, uh, it's great. Some people love that type of work, but for me, you know, I didn't... It it wasn't why I got into filmmaking. It didn't make me feel alive. In fact, it made me feel exhausted. Uh, you know, I had no time for my life. I had no time for my family my or my relationships, and... You know, and I thought, it, you know, in my head I was like, oh, I'm working for NBC Universal, you know, and I had a pretty cush job. You know, I probably worked the least amount of hours out of everybody, you know, but I was not aligned with, you know, um, 
what it was that I truly wanted to do, which was, you know, be more at the forefront of creating content. So, you know, uh, my, my grandfather died. This is another turning point in my life. And he was probably one of the closest human beings to me, besides my sister. And, um, and what I realized by that experience was, you know, there were so many people that came to see him so many people that came to see him in the hospital. It was incredible. And he was in and out of a psychosis. And I remember I was the last one there that day because I, the studio wasn't very far from the hospital. So every day I went from the studio to the hospital to visit him. And he came to one day and he's like, honey, honey, who else is coming? And I said, grandpa, there's so many people who have come. And I started naming them. And as I was naming them, he kept saying, oh, wow. Oh, wow. I've had a good life. Mm. And I said, yeah, grandpa, you have. I said, there's a lot of people who love you. You know, and as I sat there kind of contemplating, you know, like what I was doing with my life, I realized that, you know, some of the people that I was around, they, they didn't have time for a life or, you know, they didn't have like, you know, like what my grandpa had. And even though it was a little more simple, I was like, you know, is there a way that I can be a filmmaker and still have an amazing life? And I decided that, yeah, I can do that. And so when it came time for me to decide whether or not to stay on, I decided to go. And I did some soul searching for a few years. You know, I tried, you know, I started a company, uh, DNA Collaborative, which we still have today. Um, you know, I, I went on a trip to California with my brother and, you know, found, you know, it was like, it was like each time, you know, you're, it's kind of like there was like this, like, you know, I don't know how to say it, like a trail of like crumbs, but they weren't crumbs. They were just these like little beautiful moments that were guiding me to where I truly wanted to be because I knew I wanted to be in this industry. I just didn't know in what capacity or in what position I that I could give the most love because that is what I truly want my life to be about is how can I give love? How can I keep my heart open and serve other people while doing my job? And um, I had a friend, um, some friends that I'd met um, from Africa. Um, I had kind of just put out there randomly that I was like, I wanna go to Nigeria. And like literally like a few days later, my friend like, uh, text me and he said, hey, there's these girls that I know that are in town staying with me from Nigeria and they're into film. I think you should meet them. And I'm like, whoa, okay. So we finally meet. We talk about a few things. Any, anyway, we end up, she ends up wanting to do this film. She had two ideas. One concept I was really into. The other concept I was like, eh, Nigerian teenagers, what do I have in common with that, right? I don't want to read that one, but that was the film she wanted to make first. So she sent me the script. I didn't read it for a while. I'm sad to say, but it's true. <laughs> and then I was working this job as an associate producer for live events for uh, a big corporate company. And it was cool because I was producing and I, I, I was enjoying doing that. Um, and we had, uh, we had a meeting in San Francisco. Well, it's like a four-hour flight. And then we flew there. We flew there for the meeting and then we flew home. So it's like eight hours at a plane that day. And so the nice thing about that is Wi-Fi is spotty, so you really can't get any work done. So I was like, I'm going to read the script. I read the script. I get home. I call her immediately in Nigeria. I say, I love it. It was exactly what I was. This, yes, this is the kind of content I want to create and be a part of. And I said, how do you, how do you see me helping? And, and to my surprise, she said, um, actually, Dean, I see you directing. And thank God I was over the phone with her because my jaw dropped. And I was like, uh, like, what do you say to that? I'm like, that's a big job. Like, and I've only directed small things, you know, like in school. And like, you know, um, even though it was always what I wanted to do, right? Um, you know, and so I told her I needed to contemplate on it for a few days. And I did that. And then, you know, I got the nudge that, yeah, I should just accept and say yes. And so I started working on that. And, you know, and I was surprised how much I knew um, and how much I could see and how much I could uh express and and you know and like just put it all together and so we started doing that and that was more uh that was me feeling exactly like authentic and and then you know things happened I, I went to Africa I spent you know like six weeks there and you know doing like pre-production and you know the things just kept getting pushed off and pushed off and pushed off um and then right before COVID sh um I ended up doing a, a just like a 48-hour film project and I was scared to direct so I was not doing it and Nate my business Nate finally said why don't you just direct it and I was like and I guess part of it was I felt greedy actually you know like who am I to do this right who am I like what do I know um it was also a part of it and I did it and and you know what and it was the most amazing discovery for me being on set 
being able to make those decisions in the moment, being able to be there for everybody that was there and just give this vibe out. Um, it was amazing. And I knew I had found what I was looking for. I love that. So what happened next? <laughs> so what happened next? Well, 2020 <laughs> happened next. <laughs> Um, you know, yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, the pandemic hit, um, I did have a film go to con and that was a big deal for me because it's, it's hard to be an independent filmmaker and, you know, you're, you're kind of like, you're out there like in the wilderness, like trying to make it happen. You got to be a warrior, you know, to keep going. And, um, so having that happen and being able to go, um, was a really big deal for me, um, especially because I saw a lot of things that I was like, okay, well, if, if this can be done, I can do something too, you know, like my work is valid and my work is important and it's, you know, good, um, you know. It's so. a big deal to get into the short film corner there, very big deal. Khan is an amazing beast of itself. Yeah. I got to be there as an intern with UTA in 2014. Mm. I was a bebe. It's a good time. And I actually, I met someone in a shuttle who asked me to film with them when we got back to California. And then the day before my flight back to LA, I get a text or an email from this random person who said, France is so beautiful. We would love to shoot while we're here. Will you be the lead female in this silent film? I was like, heck yeah. So I played some silly Italian woman who's in some type of rom-com and it was beautifully shot. I'm really glad I did it. Kind of a funny concept. I think I showed it to you, right? Mm -hmm. It's called Heart of France. Mm -hmm. But I'm so glad I did it and that I was there. And it's so funny how, like, just by chance, things come your way, you know? And I feel like when preparation meets opportunity, that's when we really win, you know? Because mm -hmm. we're prepared. We're putting out into the universe that we're ready for this. And then something comes our way. And if we're brave enough, we can say yes. We can still be scared, but move forward, right? Mm. And that is, I think, the most beautiful thing. So. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Very well put. I don't always think those things are accidents, though. It is the most fascinating thing how things work out in life. Fast forward to 2021. 2022? How did we meet? Well, we got introduced to each other through a mutual rabbi. Yes. <laughs> My friend, the rabbi. And so that was in 2020, in the beginning of 2020. And I know we had chatted a few times. And then I remember I went to Florida. I got sick. I think I really had COVID. I do. Um, but I got sick. And then just, you know, COVID happened. And it was like, all right, well, you know, we'll, we'll see when things kind of shake out. You know, I think I think we'd maybe mentioned something about that. And um, so it was in 2020. Then 2020 was like an interesting year for me personally because I was not working at the restaurant. Um, and yeah, just sitting with myself and I got to do a lot of cool things and feel like feel what it felt like to be retired and creative. And, you know, I, it wasn't like shelter in place. It was like artist in residence. And I did a lot of cool stuff like I did, you know. Um, I learned, like, I started cooking, and I got into it, and, you know, so many cool things that, like, you know, it's like, I, I kept thinking, when is this ever going to happen in my life again? Mm -hmm. So I want to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And I really did. I really lived it up. I really enjoyed <laughs> it, you know? I mean, it was hard sometimes, because I yeah. used to think I was an introvert. I'm not an introvert. Mm -hmm. I need people. I like people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but, you know, yeah, so it was a good time. And then, so flash forward uh, from that, you know, I think it was... Uh, it was 2021 then, and it was the summer, and I remember I was feeling a little stagnant, and I remember being with my grandma, and I remember kind of putting this out to the universe, putting it out to, you know, you know my higher power, and just saying, I remember I picked this um, nail polish, I was just getting, we were getting a mani-pedi, this sounds kind of crazy, Cute. but stay with me, right? So, we're getting a mani-pedi, which, you know, I'm, I, I like, you know, uh, I'm like, all right, you know, I like 
you know, she's like, oh, I'll treat you okay. So I get this nail polish that says I'm not really a waitress. And I used to get this when I used to have a hard time with just being a waitress. And it would remind me that I'm more than this, right? So I get that. And then I remember sitting there and feeling so like, ugh, I just really want to take my film career to the next level. You know, like, please tell me, guide me, whatever it is, I'll do it. I promise. You know, and so shortly after that, I got, I got asked to speak at this um, on a Zoom uh, call in, in Los Angeles and uh, for entrepreneurs and got hooked up with this girl in, in Greece who was very interesting and, and, and it kind of, it was the spark that I needed to get things moving. And then, um, you know, I thought about, you know, when we had chatted and, you know, I remember feeling like a little aligned with you even though we hadn't met, um, you know, just through some of the things we had chatted about that I was like, I don't know, for some reason I felt like it was time. And, um, and I'm glad that I did that <laughs> um, because it had been a really long time, you know, and I very well could have just let it go and not listen and been like, eh, it's been too long or like oh, yeah. we never even met in person or, yeah. you know, whatever. But I had this feeling like I had to do this. And so, um, and so that's what I did. So I reached out to you and, uh, and that was it really. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it was so random for me cause I had just, uh, gotten like a minor surgery and I completely had you off my radar <laughs> and I was like give me a week I just got out of surgery um, <laughs> and then sure enough she texted me exactly, exactly a week later and I was like all right fine well I think you were the first human I saw like in that time yeah <laughs> that's funny I only remembered because I put it in my calendar to remind me. <laughs> so it's not like I'm not good like that. Yeah. <laughs> you so said funny. a week and I put it in for a week later and I was like, reach back out. <laughs> Persistent. It's a good trait. It's a good trait. Yeah. So we met at a little cafe and mm -hmm. I remember you asked me about, I think, the film and if I was gay. And you're like, I never ask someone. I never <laughs> ask someone. But I don't. Yeah. What made you ask? Well, I wasn't sure to begin with. Because mm -hmm. um, I feel like you're kind of like, it's not terribly obvious. <laughs> and then, um, but when you said what the film was about, and it was an LGBT film, I just said, oh, well, okay, I'm just going to ask. So I, so I asked and I could tell you were a little taken back. Um, but yeah, I don't normally ask questions like that, but I just was curious. And so, you know, I asked and, um, and then you, you reluctantly answered. <laughs> reluctantly highlight that. Yeah. Re reluctant. And that would be all caps because she literally took like 30 seconds to think about it before telling me, which is actually not that bad, knowing you. I probably just said maybe. <laughs> probably. No, no, I think you said yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, you said yeah. <laughs> Wrote it on a napkin <laughs> and pushed it over. <laughs> not to ever be seen again. Hate <laughs> it. Yeah. That's funny. Mm. Um, and then what happened? I'm trying to think of the timeline of everything. Well, then your birthday was the next weekend because, mm, mm -hmm. you know, I said, um, well, <laughs> we should, you know, like we, I was like, let's, you know, like mm -hmm. I had just, well, it was interesting because I had, I, I have worked weekends my entire life, working life. And for the first time in my life, I was off on weekends and you're like, weekends are good for me. And I'm like, oh, me too. And so the next weekend it was your birthday and we went out the day after your birthday to Chicago and did that manifesting session. Which, if you see the film, you know, you might see a little bit of that in there. But, uh, so we, we did that. We went and we had a little adventure in Chicago, and then we found some leaves. And then, you know, it was so funny, because, like, the one she wrote on with the film and all this stuff. And I loved the concept of the film from the very moment I heard it. I was like, this is amazing, yes. And I just was like, I remember even telling her that day, like, I remember telling you when we were in Chicago, and, like, I barely knew you. And I was like, I wish I had the money, because i just give it to you to make it. And I really Aww. believe that. You know, I really would love to do that. And I would love to do that for people one day. If I ever have, like, a, a ton of money, you know, I would love to be able to be like... This is a great story. Let me help you make it. Here's the money, right? Um, and so anyway, on the one that she wrote all about the film, it flew away. You know, it flew away. And I was like, oh, should we get it? Should we not? You know, and then it kind of came up that like, you know, well, maybe that one's already in the works. 
And, you know, like in hindsight is very true, you know, because how it would happen is I wasn't actually supposed to be working on the film. You know, it just kind of happened like that. And, true. and I remember when, you know, uh, you know, you had mentioned what had happened and I said, well, I'll help you because I felt so strongly about it. Mm. And that was even before I read the script, which is also not like me. It is not like me to agree to anything it like It could have been that. terrible. It could have been terrible. And I will tell you, if it was terrible, I would have gracefully <laughs> bowed out in a very kind way. What's crazy is that I think it was at 34 pages when I sent it to you. And you were mm. like, it's a cute pilot. It's a cute short film. <laughs> it, it, would be a, it would have been a great short film. Yeah. A wonderful short film. Mm-hmm. And now it's, what, 96 pages? Last week it was... Like 101 pages at yeah. its at its most, mm-hmm. and then I shortened it down to I believe 88 pages, mm-hmm. and then I added a scene mm. because they wanted it to be a little bit more like sexy. Is that right? <laughs> what was the word? <laughs> there were there were requests, <laughs> <laughs> so I took another look and ideas kind of just come to me and I feel like I'm a channel and they like flow through me and then I get excited and inspired and whether it's in the shower or during a workout or just walking or driving and I'm like oh my god I have to add this and then I'll quickly write it down in my phone and then I'll sit down later with my computer open and see where where I can make it happen but I have to visually see it in my head first and for these characters, like, and I've heard this from other writers, as a secret, that's what they'll do is they'll imagine either other actors or people they know in their life in the films that they write as real life people when they write the script. And that way, you can really base it off of a true source. So it's not some 2D character. It's, it's a 3D human that's real and you're creating a real character, real story. Why am I talking about this? I forgot. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, but you can just I'm keep going. Off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not good like I'm not good at keeping us on track. <laughs> that is my job. I am the host and I apologize. It's <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, I know you're talking about the leaves and the bridge and how that's in our script and we're talking about how many pages. Oh, because we, we went from ah, how many we went pages? from 34 to, you know, to yeah. this much and you know, well, that's pretty cool things. for me. Like, and I, I don't think I would have done that if I wasn't working with Dina. I feel like for me, I've always kind of been a self-sabotaging type of person where it's like, eh, like there's probably someone else better for the, for the role or, you know, I don't know, just gracefully bow out, you know, but having an accountability person, I think is everything because you don't want to let someone else down. And at times where I thought, you know, maybe the story wasn't good enough or I wasn't good enough. Dina's like, I don't know. She like believed in it more than me. And I think that's everything. Accountability is everything. And I grew up as an athlete. You're accountable for your teammates and and with your coaches and it's a very team-like thing, and you don't want to let anyone down. And that's kind of how I feel with film, is like once someone wants you, you don't want to let them down. A group can really do like amazing things, and I feel like we can like move mountains, you know? Mm. It's really cool. So I'm really excited and grateful to have Dina on board for this project. I feel like her energy is amazing, and she gets along with everyone and you know everyone's excited to work with her and she creates a really good ambiance on set a good vibe and I can't wait to to bring this to life together I think it's going to be something really special and um, just feel very grateful Hmm. well that's those are very kind words so but I also don't think I would have gone as far had it not been for you so that's a nice thing about it is, you know, on days where I'm not feeling it, she is, and vice versa. So, yeah. yeah. Well, this has been a very fun little chat we've had here. Thank you for sharing some of your most life-altering chapters. I think your story is very inspiring. There's a lot of resilience in your story. We have some exciting things happening for the film right now, and I can't wait to see who 
we have as the final cast mm-hmm. and when we nail down the exact locations and we have a little bit more communication on the shots that we want. I think this is going to be a really fun, exciting part for us because we're getting a lot closer to production. Mm. And then we have the joy of a finished product, which is always the goal. Just finish the project, right? Have something to show for it. From there, we're going to somehow get it into a film festival and somehow get it picked up by a distributor yeah or somehow i mean hey let's think big like let's get theatrical release i would love theatrical release i would love it to get an offer for a digital platform we'll see what happens i think using our imagination for now is really important and not putting limitations you're right so um yeah Thank you guys for joining us for our third podcast, our second Gay Awakening story. I have a few more lined up for us coming soon. And if there's anyone you know that is dying to share their Gay Awakening story, please reach out to us. Tell us a little bit about yourself and we will really consider reaching out and having you on. Thank you guys again. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. Toodaloo for now. I try to ignore it Damn